great job, aren't they? They are. Love our, I love our kids and family program. Uh, then they have some really great creative ideas I know that are coming up 2D. Yeah. And welcome to all of you who are um, joining us for maybe one of the first times yes, as a result thank you of so uh, much. finding out about us uh, at the TKC run. We had two TKC runs this yeah, week. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we the did. Thy Kingdom Crumb, which is our mobile food truck that we do in partnership with. Carson Wentz is there. Was that Cass? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that was good. Carson Wentz is there. Kicked right in there, didn't it? Yeah, shout out to Carson, Maddie. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you so much for partnering uh, with us, with, with Church and uh, and with TKC. And um, uh, hundreds of people were fed this week, Dee. Yeah, Amazing. yeah. And I know that sometimes when people roll up, they're not even sure uh, what they're rolling up to. Yeah. And so I know that a lot of people inquire, like, where's the church? And like, here we are. So uh, <laughs> this is Kyle, and my name is Danielle. And we're so grateful to have everybody coming together, especially after such a long week uh, for our nation in so many ways um, that we're, we're grateful that you found us all and, and, uh, yeah. and joined all of us and, and uh, welcome home. Yeah, we, 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 we certainly had the week of uh, this week in the midst of all the cr craziness with the election. Um, uh, we had no heat and no hot water for eight days and <laughs> our dog is dog. sick and yeah, just friends are going through stuff and um, but you know, here's all that I know in the midst of all that. And, and I know that we say it all the time, but God's, God's mercy is new every morning. Mm. And even in the darkest of night, I just want to speak this over someone today in the darkest of night, um, uh, there still is light. Um, there still is light. And, um, and my God is, a a, a father to the father's day. Yeah. He, 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 he yeah. comes near the brokenhearted. Um, he is close to those who are struggling. He yes. will take our, our, our sorrow yeah. and exchange it for our garment of praise yeah. and and there's a there's you know a, a, an interesting thing that's going on that has been going on uh it's just highlighted right now that you know um a little bit more than half of our country is happier today yeah. than they were and a little bit less than half of our country <laughs> is sad. sad and it's it's not just learning how to cohabitate like Correct. put up with each other but in the middle of so many different things whether it be our the prejudice implosion, yeah. right? Because that's really what it is, and um, and just just pain, just pain. There there has to be a way for the the people of God to bring not just a bomb like it's going to be okay, yeah. but truly find ways to infuse our current the current climate in our world with unity. Um, and God will bring a blessing to that unity. That's what the word Absolutely. says. But sometimes it takes uh, a lot of work uh, with our hands <laughs> and our feet um, being being that tangible expression Correct. of unity. And, and by the way, on our knees um, yeah. in prayer and believing. Yeah. Because there are certain things that none of us can ever do. Um, but the king is powerful enough to do it all. Um, I, you know, election just happened this week, Dean. Um, I... Uh, you know, I like millions of people uh, had the opportunity to to vote, uh, the honor and the privilege to vote because there are men and women who have paid the price, who have stood in the gap uh, for over two hundred years. I get welled up all the time, but I I, uh, I love our our, our 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 men and women who are in the military who have served. So today we want to honor our veterans. Thank yes, you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts thank for standing you. in the gap for those who cannot stand in the gap for others for themselves. Thank you for fighting for freedom, not only for our own in America, but for uh, countless others around the world in countries and uh, in, in battles that are known and those that are unknown. Uh, what you have done 
and the price that you have sowed, not only you, but your families uh, who have sown you into that, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And may the seeds of freedom that you help sow uh, into this country and into other countries around our globe reap a harvest for centuries to come. Um, so thank you. Well done. Thank you. We love you. Thank you so much uh, for all you've done. You know, do, um, we, we had, uh, uh, before we happened to the Word, we, we had um, a couple things, not only TKC this week, but uh, we had Forge, which is our men's, yeah. Uh, yeah, our men's Bible study keep going on, but the ladies, mm-hmm. ladies, all the single ladies, oh. all the single ladies, put your hands up. Yeah, sorry. Oh. I, was, <laughs> I, I need a Beyonce fan here. Um, uh, now that I could get on board. <laughs> you could get on board with a that. a little Beyonce fan in here. A little hot this morning. We have heat now. We have heat um, now. It went from no heat to we have heat. Uh, um, our shoulder to shoulder ladies had a live yeah. event yesterday, in person event yesterday, yeah. uh, outside and just um, in the parking lot. Great. Great event! Thank you for everybody who put that together for yeah. uh, for all of our, our ladies um, who who showed up and for all, everybody who was a part of that. And uh, men, be uh, if you're in force, pay attention. Uh, there we can't let the eight ladies out do us. So uh, there's going to be some stuff coming up soon as well. And church, just as a whole, um, we want you to know there's there are things that we're getting ready to roll out. Um, uh, and the, the church building at Cherry Hill is uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, may, some of the ladies. Saw some of the and exter- some of the TKC and yes. the very beginnings of some things. Some some stuff that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep you informed with that. But uh, before we hop in, I want to pray for our nation right now. I want to pray for the um, for uh, as as we move out of the craziness of last week and into what this week holds. That uh, I want to pray for uh, President Trump as he gets prepares to uh, leave office and President uh, President Elect Biden as he and his team prepare to come into office because regardless of what side you're on, um, we ha- we we need to stand together uh, and and learn how to move uh, what God has for our country forward. So can we pray together for that, Father? We thank you, Daddy. In the midst of this craziness, in the midst of uh, everything that this week held, it also revealed many things. It revealed uh, a divide in our country. It revealed motives of hearts and hurts and pains in people's lives, fear um, that runs rampant on every side. And so today we lift up this country to you. We, we lift up, Lord God, what you have for this nation. And we pray a, a covering over uh, President Trump and his team, Lord God, as they uh, prepare to transition, Lord, uh, to hand over uh, what they have stewarded for four years and into the hands of President like Biden and his team, Lord God. We pray for favor. We pray for increased unity among parties, Lord God. Increased unity among race, uh, down our racial divide, Lord God. Increased unity uh, in this land, Lord. Because only you can do it. Only you. You are the hope of the world, Lord. It is not the Republicans or the Democrats, the Independents, Lord God. It is not Congress. It is not the Supreme Court. You, Jesus, you are the hope of the world. And so I pray that you you may manifest yourself even more powerfully in and through your church over this next period of time, Lord God, and that the meditation of our hearts and the overflow of our mouths as a people may be to point people to you. So that fear may crumble, disunity may vanish, Lord God, and that hope may arise. We give you the glory and the honor, for you and you alone are king, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's kind of prayer we can pray right there. Yeah. I, like, I, 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 we, we can't. We, we can play our part as an American by casting our vote. Right. Um, but the, the greater challenge for us who are watching today is how we respond as Christians. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to talk about over the next couple of weeks. Um, uh, Dee and I have been talking a lot about this recently. And so if you brought your Bible, uh, will you turn with me to Matthew chapter 5? Matthew. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, first book of the New Testament. Um, and, you know... Over the last couple of weeks, especially over the last couple of days, I think the, we've heard a lot about what it means kind of to be a citizen, right? Yeah. What's it, what's it mean to be a citizen? What's the criteria? Yeah. Uh, right. What determines right. whether we're Americans or not? Yeah. And what does it mean to really be an American, a, a citizen of the society that we live in? And, you know, I think the question, the, the truth is that as an American, that may be a good question to, to wrestle with yeah. as an American. But... As Christians, as Christians, uh, I think at times we, we're wrestling with the wrong question in that. It's not what does it mean to be a, an American. It means what does it mean to be a citizen mm -hmm. of heaven? Because can I just be honest for a moment? Like here's the, here's the reality. The truth is that when we mess up, mm -hmm. like when Christians mess up, no one ever goes, oh, I can't believe it. I thought you said you were an American, American. right? <laughs> right? No one. Come on, somebody. Right. Can I get an amen? This is true. Right. They, know. they go, oh, I thought you said you were a Christian. Right. They, but, but if that is the case, and it is the case, it should be the case, the question then is why are we trying to determine Christian culture off of American culture? Mm. We need to determine Christian culture off of what the Word says, what a Christian citizen, a citizen is. And the Word says in Philippians 3, verse 20, Paul says that you and I are citizens of heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, who is King Jesus. Mm. He goes on to say in Philippians 2.19 that we're no longer aliens. We're no longer strangers, right. even though we may be from different parts of society. Or right. We may be from different races, ethnos, uh, different cultures. You just pulled out ethnos. Yes, come on, somebody. Okay. I dropped some Greek words on you today. Right. So he says... We're citizens of God's household. Um, and so, and by the way, which I think is important for us to understand, both of those words are in the present. They're present active. Yeah. So they're not yeah. talking about future possibilities. Right, right. Mm -hmm. well, I'm a citizen of heaven. I know when I die, I'm a citizen. Yeah. No, no, no. They are talking about a present reality. Mm. So the, the, the deeper question that I think we have to wrestle with today and over the next little bit, guys, on this, is how is it that we live a life that reflects life on the other side of the veil while we're still living on this side of the veil. Do you have any insight on that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll turn it to you for it. Uh, oh my gosh, is that the cue? Is that the cue? No, 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 oh, okay. no, 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 not yet. Uh, oh, I don't know if I readily appeared. I was ready. But that's the question. How do I live as a citizen that, that of, of heaven that's on that side of the veil while, while I'm still living on this side of the veil? Not as an uh, 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 American Christian, mm -hmm. but as a Christian who happens to dwell in America. Yeah, right. And, and, and right. the real wrestling point we have to ask ourselves over the next couple of weeks is not what do I have to do. It's who am I created to be. As a citizen of heaven, who am I created to be? And that's why we're starting in the Sermon on the Mount. And in, in the next couple of uh, weeks, we're going to talk through this. So I'm going to read just kind of two, uh, two, uh, two, uh, a couple of verses here. And then I'm going to uh, set up the what we're going to talk about. Dee's, 
Dee's got some phenomenal insight on this, I think, for us to, to move forward in. But um, Jesus is talking on the Sermon on the Mount, verse 1 of Matthew 5. He says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We're just going to stop there. There's a bunch of other ones we're going to get to, but we're going to stop there. Because, babe, before we even start to wrestle with kind of even the deeper things of being a citizen of heaven, I think what we have to recognize here as we start to talk about this over the next couple of weeks is when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, he's focusing on a culture, not a criteria. Mm-hmm. He's, talk, he's focusing on a, a culture of the saved, not the criteria on how to be saved. Yeah. Because sometimes we're like, if you don't do this, 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 so we're hard. talking about doing, and he's talking about being. Um, and and we, we sometimes get messed up because we don't recognize there's a difference between lifestyle and culture. Lifestyle, we, we use those synonymously, but they're not. Right, yeah. Lifestyle is simply a culmination of the actions that we do during the day. Culture is, is the reasons why. It's, it's, a, it's a deeper understanding of the what. The why, the actions, the attitudes, the belief systems. Like the pure conviction. Yes, the pure yeah. conviction. How they all flow together. Yeah. What is the true foundation? What? How does this thing uh, stand together? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 that's why I think Jesus in these is challenging people, um, that he his listeners, and he's challenging us through time and space to not identify with the kingdom that they were born into, mm-hmm. whether that be religious Judaism yeah. or Roman elitism but rather the kingdom that they were being born again into. Mm. And that's what, look, I, no, notice, he, he's not denying the fact that they were born into a culture. Right. He's just calling them to a higher culture. He, he's, not, he's not saying, he, he's, not, he's not talking to them about how to become a better Jew. He's not talking about, about how to become a better Roman. He's talking to them about how to live as a kingdom citizen while living in Roman yeah. oppressed Judea. So he's saying, I know where you're living. It's not a question of where you're living. It's a question of how you're living in the midst of those things. And that's why he challenges them, to, in which is, this is one of the most um, telling, I think, texts in this. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, he says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you'll never even get into the kingdom of heaven. Now, for all of us, we're like, yeah, well, we're better than the Pharisees. But do you know what they were like? His here, his right. listeners were going, then it's impossible. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. Think about this. Even the, the Pharisees that are sitting there who thought they were good, they went, no, no, I, it's got to exceed me. Mm-hmm. Right. Jesus is literally saying the highest culture that you see, the highest culture that you think you could achieve doesn't come close to the culture I'm talking to you about. And that's why it's impossible without Jesus. I'm not saying it's impossible without a belief system. They had that. I'm not talking about it's impossible without religious actions. They had that. I'm not talking about it being impossible with just restraining yourself so that you make sure you put flesh controls in so you don't mess up. They had that. Jesus said, man, you can have all those things. It doesn't matter because unless it surpasses that, it's got nothing. Now, the truth is, babe, his Jewish audience... Uh, under, would, wouldn't have missed this because it was no accident and I need us to understand this as we look into this deeper but it was no accident Jesus went up to the mountain to actually deliver this message because in Judaism 
All kingdom life came from the mountaintop. It's an image of Moses going up to the top of the mountain, right? And receiving from God the law. Receiving from God the word of God. How, to, how they were supposed to live out. They, they received the law. So what we have here is instead of the word coming down, the word went up. The word of God went up and spoke not the law, but life. So in their, in, in, in their understanding, Jesus is laying out, man, look, just like Moses went up to the mountain to give you the law, I'm going up to the mountain. The word made flesh is going up to the mountain to give you life. And, and, and I love this because God, when God was dealing with Moses, he wrote with his finger on the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Moses didn't do it. God wrote with his right. finger. But Jesus, the Bible says, not one word in the Bible is, goes without being, has importance. The Bible says he opened his mouth to speak. Mm-hmm. Like you would think, duh. Like if it just right, said that yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah, said, yeah, he'd yeah. have to open his mouth. Yeah. But there's a reason. There's a reason. Because God wrote with his finger on stone for, for Moses, but Jesus spoke. Why? Because Romans 10, 17 says faith comes from hearing. Because this new life is about relationship. This new life is about being attuned to the voice of God, not just the law of God. It's attuned to the living spirit of God, not just the the, the legalism of community that we think uh, constrains us for God. Matter of fact, uh, Deuteronomy 33 is a prophecy. It says... um, It says in verse 19, they shall call all the people to the mountain. They will offer sacrifices of righteousness. And out of that, they shall partake in the abundance that God brings of the treasures out of the land and sand. And what a a beautiful thing. So when we're looking at these things over the next couple of weeks, I, I, I want us to understand Jesus isn't talking about criteria of being saved. He's talking about this is the culture in which a citizen that calls themselves a believer of mine because the kingdom of God, my friends, is this collision point between who we are, who we want to be, and who we were created to be. Our will determines who we are. Our desires determine who we want to be. But it is truly the kingdom of God who determines and helps us be who we were created to be. Indeed, that's what you're talking about in this thing, this is what we're trying to wrestle with: not being a better Christian, mm-hmm. right? But being a, a kingdom citizen. Yeah. And you and I grew up in church. We've been we've been doing this thing for a long time. We've seen a lot of people who are trying to live a Christian lifestyle. Started with us. hundred percent. Right. But but yeah. but struggled when it came to understanding kingdom citizenship. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna. Uh, use some terminology today that hopefully will help um, kind of catch how our minds often think and go, wait, wait, but I thought that was a good thing. And we'll use the terminology in the context of today so that we can kind of realize, oh, wait, I think I've been thinking one way, but maybe what the Word is telling us is to approach it a different way. I want to talk about the, di- the difference between being a citizen of Christianity and a citizen of heaven. Because, um, and, I, and I actually, I know that we have this morning always joining us um, people who uh, would call themselves a Christian that, yeah. that are believers, and then we have people who are not. And I think that um, being willing to talk specifically today to Christians about some of the breakdowns that happen inside of us is really beneficial um, for people who don't yet know the Lord. Because sometimes you see things happening 
and you're like, really, how totally. is this going on? 100%. Um, and it's always that first thing that you said, you know, like they claim to be, be a Christian. Christian. Yeah. And um, and then a lot of times Christians are <laughs> saying that too. But even within ourselves, privately, we're like, I do love God. So why on earth did I do that? Yep. So um, I want to talk about the difference between those two things because a Christ follower, a true Christ follower separates itself kind of in how we're talking right now between being um, a citizen of Christianity. Because a lot of people claim Christianity and they profess Christianity, but they aren't necessarily living as Christ followers. And I think that we live under this safe umbrella of calling ourselves Christians. And then um, our humanity hurts people. Uh, who are also either Christians or non-believers, and everyone is kind of left with wondering, how does that happen if they call themselves a Christian? Correct. And often what happens is that, um, so take for instance, uh, you sin. Yeah. And I'm looking at you, and I'm feeling three things that don't normally come necessarily in order, uh, but they kind of exist. You're like, there's a disbelief. Yes. There's a disgust. And there's a disappointment. Yes. And usually, you know, they can come in any order. They can come yeah, in yeah, any order. Yeah, yeah. They can come and go. Um, but a lot of times, that's the progression of what we're dealing with. When someone that we feel should have known better does something against us or yeah, just correct. does something, and so what we've done immediately is we've identified that di- that disbelief, that disgust when it progresses towards even judgment, yes. um, right? And even if it's uh, it, even if where we've landed is correct, God hates sin. Yes, correct. Right? We have a progression, a progression, a progression <laughs> that happens under this cloak, under this umbrella of being a Christian, Christianity. Yep. And saying, so I've looked at your sin and that's where I've begun. Yes. So the disbelief is I can't believe you did that. Yes. The disgust then is then is is supporting why I have a certain emotion about it. 100%. Right? So now I've identified the yeah. sin. Now I have an emotion about that sin. Yeah. And then I can... And by the way, we're usually not disgusted at the sin. We're disgusted that that person did the sin. Correct. We'll say, we'll say it's about the sin, but Correct. it's usually not. Correct. Yeah. And then finally, we reaffirm and confirm our stance because uh, about that sin based upon how we would not probably think that we would commit that sin. 100%. Right? So we have a so and and so what's the problem with that? Because it's not about saying that sin is not sin. The problem is is that we started with the citizenship of Christianity. That's how the citizen of Christianity functions. That we identify someone else's sin, we identify and support our feelings about yes. that sin, and then we affirm and confirm our viewpoint of that sin and it's usually up against I would not do that or like how could you do that but it's sin centric but a citizen of heaven would start from a different place and I think that it gets confusing um, for Christians and non-Christians alike because a lot of times being that citizen of Christianity we claim a lot of verses Right, so True. we we uh, our our um, our toolbox <laughs> yep. of attack 
has has scriptures written on the handles. Which is what the Pharisees did all the time. Yeah. But your 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 disciples are breaking the law because they're doing this and that, right. and you didn't do this and you didn't do it. So right. they were always they had that. Right. And the scriptures may very well be scriptures, but it's the place from which and what we are identifying that needs to look in needs. Uh, for us to look into a little bit more so that we can actually be those citizens Correct. of heaven that Ephesians or Galatians talks to us about. Is it Philippians? Philippians 3.20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philippians 3.20. I got You were close. You were in the, you're, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're in the, the pastoral epistles. Yeah, I mean, the, the prison epistles. That, ta- that calls us citizens of heaven, not citizens of Christianity. Right. So where I've just been trying to find myself is inside of First Corinthians ten. Yeah, this is so good. It's a very sobering chapter so that is very eye-opening for someone who would call themselves a Christian, um, and it might give context to people who have struggled with why someone that calls themselves a Christian why they can conduct themselves as they do that doesn't seem to be lining up with how I have perceived or even how Christians claim they Correct. should act. Yeah. Yep. So in that chapter in that in that passage, the first four to five verses talk about what the Israelites experienced. And I think that there's the scriptures will be kind of flowing in and out on the screens wherever you're watching. But what is identified is that they were all guided by a cloud. Yep. So all of the Israelites were got. Gu- I I don't I don't remember ever being guided by cloud <laughs> fire. Like I didn't. I wish I would. Right, but yeah. they actually had a cloud that they all followed. They were all considered baptized as followers of Moses. Right, so, yep. All of them. Yep. Right. So they and that's in that chapter it says they all ate the same spiritual food that was provided for them. And they all drank the same spiritual water that was provided for them. And Christ the rock traveled with them. Wow, come on. You know, I have my Bible. (laughs) You know, a couple people that sew the word in. Like, I don't have the cloud. But they were... They were yeah. spiritually, they Man were Man every morning, fed. yeah, absolutely. They, they, Water from the they, rock. Exactly. Yeah. So these are all things that they all had. Why am I talking about that? Because a lot of times when we are dealing with sin ourselves, or we've seen someone deal with sin, we say, I guess they just weren't like in the Word enough. Yeah. I guess they weren't, weren't really just like feeding themselves or, or, you know, really drinking from God, or I guess they just gotten really distant from God. Now... In this scripture, we then have a problem with our assessment. Correct. Because they all were led this way, and they all feasted this way. Yep. And they were all covered in this way. And it says, yet God was not pleased with most of them, and so they were scattered. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So, like, all of that Christian advice that we would give to someone we start to realize, well, that's not the right criteria to keep someone pure. Correct. Well, that's because that's the advice of someone who is a citizen of Christianity. You just have to feast more on the Word of God. You just have to commune more with Jesus. You just have to be led by Him. But they were all of those things. And then in verse 6, we see it says this, These things happened as a warning to us. Us. 
Yes, so, New, us, New Testament believers. Us, that's, right, exactly. He, that's yeah. the writing, huh? So that we would not crave evil things as they did. And when I read that, I realized that as citizens of Christianity, we start with what I said, the sin. Yes. We identify the sin, and we experience disbelief and disgust and disappointment in someone's sin. Yeah. We have our emotion attached to that, and we identify the sin as something that we would never do. Yes. But how many people can say that they don't crave something that is against God's heart for us? Absolutely no one. Yeah. And what God is doing here is he's saying, this has been written about and shown to you as a warning for those who come, who it says, they were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. Wow. It is the end of the age. And the problem is not that the sin is the thing that we should be weighing out. It's where, it's what was allowed to have life. It was mm -hmm. permission yes. for craving. Yes. Because then he goes on in that passage and he says things like, do not uh, commit sexual immorality. Right. And then he says, yes. because then like, you know, thousands of people died, died. Yeah, because yeah. of that. Yeah. And then you're thinking, oh yeah, because this is what we do. We rank sin as if Correct. this is what he's doing. And then all of a sudden it says, so don't grumble because then they met death. There was no grumbling this week. No, <laughs> no one grumbled. There was not one Christian who grumbled at all this week. But the reason that it has the chance to find the grumble stage is because the permission to crave for something else has already Correct. been given inside Correct. of us. So the craving is the thing that we downplay because we say, yeah, but you know, just to be tempted is not sin. But what, what, is, what does the word talk about? He says, so if you think you are standing, in verse 12, yeah. if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. So I'm thinking, yeah. if they had this cloud, this fire, yes. they had community, right. they had ongoing worship, yes. they had the holiness of God in the center yeah. of them, they were fed by they him. They had the Ten Commandments, they, they had, had the, the law. Yeah. They yeah. had the law, they had the priests, they had yeah. Christ the Rock himself traveling yeah. with them, and they were able to sin. Maybe it's less about concentrating on what the sin was and more about the craving that gave way to grumbling, yeah. which is the portal for all of us then we just find the sin of our pleasure, whatever yeah. floats our boat. Correct. And I think that's what happens, is that we don't tend the arena of permission that we have given ourselves inside of us because we feel somehow entitled to having that space. And that's what we 100%. protect, and that's what we don't give voice to, and that's what's hard to say to people. Because why is it hard to say to people, hey, listen, I'm really struggling with this craving to... Yes. Because all they're that's going to hear it. is the sin yes. that's going to hurt them, disappoint them, that's going to create distance between, I didn't know that you struggled with that. Right. So we hone in on the sin instead of giving validation to someone that would bring that craving into the light and help restore 100%. what is being broken down. Not the By the time the sin comes into play, that's the outworking of oh, the craving yes, that has gone in living in shadow that has been that that we feel is too uh, has too much shame attached to it to put it into the light. Yeah, and and, and the I, what you just said is brilliant. I think that's why that's why Jesus starts where he starts with the kingdom with with the kingdom of God. What a what a citizen of heaven looks like. And he said the first thing I'm going to start. This is where I'm going to start. 
Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. That's why he starts here with humility. Because humility really is the, 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 the key to actually fulfilling um, the, the first commandment, which is in Exodus 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me, right? Yeah. Because um, when I lack that humility, I put myself in front of God. I put my, my desires in front of God's desires yeah. for my life. I put my sense of righteousness in front of someone else's brokenness. They're all cravings. They're absolutely right. And that's why this word in in the Greek for poor in spirit, uh, it it, it comes from a word that means a person who bows down timidly. A person who bows. So Jesus said, blessed is the man who bows down timidly. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You want to know what the kingdom, mm-hmm. citizen, kingdom, uh, uh, kingdom, kingdom citizen starts with? You know where he, 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 he's founded in? He bows down timidly. It, 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 it went on to, to represent kind of people who would beg in the street for bread. They'd bow yeah. down and then thus that's why it comes to this meaning of poverty. But that's not really where it is. And mm-hmm. why it's so important that we, Jesus starts with humility is because humility is thinking less of ourselves both in quality and in quantity, both in quantity, like, w- let's be honest, we think about ourselves a lot, uh, and in quality, about how much, how, how important we think we are, how good we think we are. Now, I know everyone is going to say, no, I don't really think that, I don't really think that. Yes, yes, we do. It's why our brokenness is looking for people to find ourselves better than. Right, that's the craving. That's the, the craving, craving. Is exactly we right. we learn that that's the backdrop up against um, to judge that we're that we're safe. Yes. I'm, at least I'm not. I'm not. That. I'm not that. It's why we Correct. welcome judging the sin. A hundred percent. Instead of. Ex- it's why we're also much line. more much more interested in identifying a lifestyle than we are identifying what culture, culture looks like. Yeah. Because we'll say, yeah, but that lifestyle. If I know the the right lifestyle to to pick out or or to point out. I can find faults in other people's lifestyle mm-hmm. that then make me feel better. But see, Jesus said, blessed are those who think less about themselves and more about someone else, more about others. That's why Paul says in Philippians 2, 3, that I, I, the mind of Christ that we should be having is thinking less about ourselves and putting, I love this Greek word, put more value on other people. Not more often. You know, no, I correct. Think, right? It's not about more often. Although that, I think that it can will be, manifest in Correct, because, uh, you know, it will manifest in that, but it's about more value on yeah. others than on ourselves. And that, if we can actually start to understand where humility can come from, we'll understand that it, it really is the key to living out what Jesus says are the greatest two commandments in Matthew 22 where he says, love God with everything, love your neighbor. Because if we, the, the, the only way that we can do that is if we actually put more value on them than on us. More value on spending time with them than on spending time with us. More value on, make, on blessing them than blessing us. More value on who they are than on who we are. Blessed is the man who humbly bows down timidly. You know, it's hard, you know what's hard about that? Is it's it's easy to do that with two types of people. It's easier to do that with people who um, who own their sin. Yes, correct. And it's easier to do that with people who you don't know their sin. Yes. Again, because correct. citizen of Christianity is sin centric. Yeah. Right. So we are utilizing our knowledge of the sin, whether mm-hmm. we have any or we don't think their sin was that bad. Correct. Right. To identify. Um, like how much we will live in communion with them like you're talking about 
And and the 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 most the truth is is that because Jesus was our example, he knew all of our collective sin and Correct. he was still serving. hundred percent. That I mean because he served us. Yeah, yeah. And, and and knew what was in every the heart of every of all men. So he even knew even if someone was repenting but they were still craving. Yes. He in himself could be like, I know what you're saying, but you're still consumed by that craving and it's going to keep showing up in different sin. You would think as a human, we would let that disqualify how we would have communion. Yes. With that person because we're still we're still judging the sin. Yeah. But it's, he it, knew. It, it's why dude, like this week in particular, we could be so outraged. I mean, we could we could not be outraged at all by how many people degraded, how many Christians degraded um, the the people who are running, mm-hmm. um, and yet would be that's okay. But on the other side, would be so shocked if they found out somebody had, you know, um, committed a larger sin. Right. And you you're just sitting here going, no, no, because you're that's lifestyle, culture. Citizens of heaven recognize the culture of heaven and want to make sure that the culture of heaven is what's is is what's actually lived out. And I think this thing, this lack of humility, is really one of the prominent reasons the where why we break the first commandment um, because we actually think so highly of ourselves, yeah. so highly of um, of uh, of what's going on. How I mean, I mean, how often have we said, like you said, I would never do that. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they did that. Yeah, I mean. Hard. Right? And, and, and it creates this spirit of piousness. Mm-hmm. It does. This piousness that, that we think is humility, but piousness is the opposite of humility. The Pharisees were pious. They thought because they didn't do certain things that they were humble. And yet it was actually, it was actually uh, that, they, that because they didn't do certain things, it gave them a sense of self-importance that actually undermined their humility and broke the, the top commandment. That's what Jesus is saying. The spirit of piousness justifies our lack of humility. We see it in Luke 7. And you and I have talked about this verse before a ton. But Luke 7 where um, Jesus goes to a Pharisee's house, Simon the Pharisee's house to eat. Mm-hmm. And the woman who with, uh, who's questionable yeah. past yeah. comes in and um, breaks the oil and wipes her, his feet with her tears and hair. And Simon's first response is, Yes. If she only knew what she was like. Because it's sin-centric. It's sin-centric. If she only knew what he was like. See, a citizen of heaven would understand, would look at, say, oh, grace. A a a, a citizen of heaven would look for the mercy that Jesus was showing. The kingdom of heaven would look for the compassion he was showing. The kingdom of uh, a citizen of heaven would understand the response that she was having to grace. Mm -hmm. That it wasn't about who she was. Uh, it was about who God created her to be and her acceptance of this this encounter can, with it. Can I add something to yeah, that? Yeah, please. So I think sometimes what gets skewed in us is that, you know, we're saying uh, Jesus, you know, was responding with compassion, with mercy, with all these. But it was unto a certain end. And that's the thing yeah, correct. that is really hard to stay yep. committed to as the citizen of heaven. He was doing those things as unto reconcil- reconciliation. Reconciliation, yeah, restoration, He, he wanted that health. woman to be restored yes. to the Father. And when we are sin-centric, we want to connect people to shame. Yes, yeah, that's good. Even though we, we don't say that, and, we, and we'll, we'll actually fight to the death to say that that's not what's going on. But you're not trying to bring somebody's 
you're not you don't judge someone's sin without wanting it to have consequence. Correct. Jesus judged people's sin so that it could have restoration. Yes, yeah, so that the consequences could be deal, dealt with so in him so that there could be restoration. Right. Absolutely. And we yep. we, do, we we want to hover around the consequence. And the reason that we would want to hover around consequence is because we're sin centric. Yes. Being a citizen of heaven is reconcili- reconciliation centric. It's yes. restoration centric. So it would understand that consequence will come, consequence must be dealt with, but not as punishment. Correct. Because Christ knows that he paid the ultimate punishment so that his goal is to move people through these things so they don't get stuck at shame. Yes. But they come yes. as unto reconciliation so that they are fully restored. And why? that they can then sow their testimony 100%. to the people that come behind them that deal with that same thing. But in be, being citizens of Christianity, we get stuck if we're sin-centric, then we have a really hard time ever seeing past that. Yes. You know, that woman, when Jesus was with her, it wasn't just an activity that he allowed. There was a love coming from him that she experienced. 100%. It's really hard to have someone experience Jesus's love for them if you're also carrying um, condemnation for them. Yeah, I mean, in that moment, um, he's not denying that she has a past. He's just not identifying her by her past. Correct. You know, he's identifying that moment. Even if her past was that morning. Uh, uh, Ten minutes before, absolutely. Because Christians create space. Uh, 100%. Because we're sin-centric, we'll say, well, if the sin was, we have like a certain calendar time. But if it was that morning, would Jesus have been like, you yeah. know what, four months? Yeah, 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 yeah. Come back, in, come four back in a couple months. Yeah, right, give exactly. Give some distance exactly. to really prove. Prove. And and Christ is aware that there is no way for us to come unless He closes the gap first. He He Sin closes. Centric the, absolutely says, right. You have to yep. close that gap first. Yep. Do some proving, yep. and then come unto me. Yeah, and that's why humility is so important when we deal with one another and we deal with God because you know just. Uh, let, let me help us understand humility a little bit. The hu- humility is the conscious repositioning of self in terms of importance. It, it's the conscious repositioning of self in, in, in regard to importance. And, and, when we, and when we misappropriate self in importance, it actually causes an exit of intimacy between us and Jesus. Right, so we see this from the in the very beginning, right? Isaiah 14 tells us uh, in verse 12, 13, 14 tells us about how Lucifer misplaced his level of importance uh, in regard to God, in regard to the angels, in regards to his citizenship in heaven, and because of that, he lost intimacy uh, with Jesus, and and that's what we have to recognize inside of ourselves. Every here's the here's here's the kicker: every success that we have in our day. Every success we have in our day under, can undermine our humility and reinforce our belief in self-reliance. I'm not talking about, oh, I just closed a million-dollar deal. I'm saying I got the kids to school on time. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about, I look pretty good in this outfit. I'm, you know, I, I, hey, I lost some weight. Hey, I, uh, I, got, I got the parking spot I, I want. I'm talking about every, from little to big successes, every success that we have is in danger of undermining our humility and reinforcing our belief in self-reliance. And that's the danger of this because the same nature that was in uh, Satan when he fell, when he was in the perfection of heaven, and we're not in the perfection of heaven, is living inside of us. 
So if he could be drawn away from God in intimacy with Jesus while he was in the perfection of created heaven, how much more so when we have that very nature inside of us be pulled away into our own self-reliance and self-importance when we're in broken, Mm -hmm. this broken, fallen world. And we see it in, in, in the father of faith himself. We've used this example a thousand times. We'll use it a thousand more because Abraham is the father of faith. He had the word. He had the calling. He had the promise. He heard from God. He had an amazing life. He was blessed, right? And in Genesis 16, uh, 16, he goes to Hagar and says, we're going to have to make this happen. We're going to have to make this happen. We're going to have to make this happen. I'm going to put my importance at a higher value than the importance of God, the importance of his word, the importance of obedience, the importance Mm -hmm. of humility. I can do this. I guess I'll have to get this done myself. And, and, and what it will, guys, it'll always birth an Ishmael. Always. It'll always birth Ishmael's inside of us. This thing that kicks against the goat, this thing that, 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 that robs us of peace and joy inside of us. Um, it's why, it's why for decades and centuries that uh, the church has missed it throughout the years by, by elevating mandates for poverty. Because they thought if they could just mandate people mm-hmm. taking vows of poverty, right. that they would, it would create humility. Mm-hmm. It didn't create humility. It created a, self, a, a sense of self-importance mm-hmm. and a spirit of better than, yeah. right? Because I gave everything up for right. Jesus. I am more important. Still sin central. Exactly. That thing that I'm not. I don't do that. Correct. I don't have that. I don't have the. And it's the thing instead of the citizenship of of heaven is talking about the nearness that I because the nearer that we get to who Christ is, the more awareness we have of who we're not. You what you just said is right. Humility cannot come from a vow from our mouth. It must come from a bow of our knee. It is, it is only, the reality is we can only stand in humility when we kneel at the cross. D, I, I, praying the Lord's Prayer is so essential. Why? Father, forgive me mm-hmm. and forgive others who've trespassed against me. God, I am so aware of my sin every day. I think in evangelical Christianity, we have, we are, we have embraced grace so much and have bought into the positive thinking mentality i just have to be positive thinker that we have forgot the fact that no our life is centered at the foot of the cross that everything i see must be filtered through me kneeling and bowing at the grace and the goodness of a savior who died for me not because i was a better uh, a less sinner than someone else but because as paul said i'm the worst of sinners how can I judge others when myself, I have to see life that way. That's why he could write in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. The life I now live, I live in faith by the Son of God who died for me. My friends, this thing called humility isn't going to come because we will ourselves to become more humble. I know, I know because this is what we do. I know the Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord and he'll exalt you. And when you're looking to be exalted, it undermines your ability to be humble. The reality is God is so gracious that when we humble ourselves, mm-hmm. he will exalt us. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that he, Jesus starts off this thing with the kingdom of God as a citizen of heaven with this thing. 
Are you willing to lowly stay in a position, stay in a position of lowly bowing down timidly? To low that is a that is a tough place to be when we have grown up in democracy. Mm. Because Christianity isn't a democracy, it is a theocracy. Jesus rules, and that's it. And everything comes when I kneel at the foot of the cross. I, I'll end with this story, but I, 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 you know, I love history. And there's this story of, in history um, about King Canute. I love that name. Uh, Canute. King Canute. He was the king about a thousand years ago. He was the king of uh, the, the, in Denmark, the Swedes, and, 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 and the Norwegians. Um, and uh, he was so frustrated by all the flattery that came to him all the time as king, mm. right? And never knowing who was yeah, real and all yeah, the pomp yeah, and yeah. circumstance yeah, of, yeah. of all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Like, the tradition tells us that one day he was so frustrated with it, he picked up his throne, he took it out by the, by the seashore, put it on the sand, sat in his throne and commanded the tide to stop coming in. And as, as you can imagine, the, <laughs> the ocean didn't listen and it kept coming in and covering his feet and covering his knees and covering his throne. And this is what he said. This is what he said. He said, let all men know how empty and worthless is the power of kings. For there is none worthy of the name, but he whom heaven, earth, and the seas obey. I love that. Here's a king who ruled countries, Vikings conquerors, the mightiest of warriors, those guys who could drink with the best of them and eat with the best of them and take what they wanted, power and strength. And what he said is this, I want everybody to know that I have no power in comparison to the king who heaven, earth, and sea obeys. Humility. The repositioning of our self-importance. The importance of self. Blessed are those who are humble. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. For they will inherit. They, for theirs is the citizenship. The reality of the kingdom of heaven. I think the last thing I'll say is that when you stay low... You know, the, the most valuable thing that God can do with you is to help other people who are involuntarily low. And yes. I think that... Who are brought low. Who are brought low. And I think that that's the greatest exaltation hmm. in Christ's eyes, who's a citizen of heaven, is to remain voluntarily low so that you can help other people who have been brought low so that they can continue on through their journey. You're not habitating, cohabitating with them, mm. but you're helping bring them through. And that's what it, being a citizen of heaven really looks like in real life with real people that get it wrong, yes. we get it wrong, I get it wrong. Uh, and there's a lot of if you get it wrong enough and you live there, it changes you and it tells you that this is who you are. And a citizen of heaven will come alongside of you and tell you who Jesus is. Amen. And we pray that this morning that's what we've done, that we've shown you um, through all the humanity that surrounds us right now yes. 
who Jesus is and that there are people who love him yes. that get it wrong but his name is still the same and his name still holds power today and that's who we pray we've been able to bring near to you today in your house Amen. you know just as we get ready to close in the next few minutes we don't want you to miss the opportunity to come to the Jesus we're talking about and it doesn't matter how you come uh, whether you uh, owe him a lot or a little <clears throat> the wages of sin one sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ you know at that Pharisee's house Jesus told a parable he asked Simon one question if one person owed a king 500 dollars and one owed him 50 and the master forgave both debts which one would be more grateful and he said obviously the one whose greater debt was erased and he said this is why the woman responded the way she responded because she understood the depth of love I had for her but here's the underlining point of both of those things both of them had debts That's right. and the only one who could erase that debt was the master of the house you can't I can't doesn't matter how little or how great our sin has been we can't erase it but there's one who's willing to erase it because your debt's been paid for by Jesus Christ the cross paid your debt it is Jesus plus nothing it is Jesus plus nothing it is Jesus plus nothing that gives your salvation if that's where you are today, if you are saying, man, I just want to encounter God today and be like that woman and encounter grace, then the Bible simply says, open up your heart, confess him with your mouth, and he'll meet you where you are. Yeah. Can we pray together? Yeah. Just say, dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Here I am today. Here I am today. I've come to give you my life. I've come to give you my life. All that I am. All that I am. All that I have. All that I have. All that I ever will be. And all that I ever will be. I willingly give it to you. I willingly give it to you. I'm asking you, Jesus. I'm asking you, Jesus. To be the Lord and Savior of my life. To be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of everything I've done wrong. Forgive me of everything I've done wrong. Cleanse me today, Jesus. Cleanse me today. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you for making me a citizen of heaven. Thank you for making me a citizen of heaven. I choose now. I choose now. To live from that place. To live from that place. All the days of my life. All the days of my in life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. 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 And so much celebration. Woo! So much celebration <laughs> happening right so now. So much celebration. And if this is uh, the first time that you've ever prayed that prayer and you want to understand a little bit more about what we were talking about today yes. and who this Jesus truly is and so what do I do with this now, right? Because that's, that's today. Like, what now? What do we do now? We learn how to become citizens of heaven. Yes. And if that's you, we would love to send you a free book that was written by one of our pastors, Rick Campana. It's called The Surprise of Your Life. Yes. It's also the so book that good. we give away through um, our Thy Kingdom Crumb food truck. And the forward was written by Carson Wentz. And we'd love to send that to you for free of charge. 
So on whatever platform you're watching us on today, there's going to be uh, a link there. And if you would send your name and your mailing address, we'll get that out. We get so many great testimonies every week, especially from TKC, uh, about the book and, and yeah. how it's changed their lives and how people are giving away to friends yeah. and everything else. Um, I love it. It's, mm -hmm. it. it's truly amazing, it's right? It is. I love uh, one of our pastors yesterday, uh, Pastor John Hearn. He was uh, he, he texted me. He's like, man, is, is there a parade going down the, the center street? And he was talking just a little bit about how that people were out there banging pots and pans and right. horns blowing. And he said, you know, it made, he, he took a moment to explain to his son, Mav, um, about how that's how it sounds, how much greater it will sound in heaven when one person who doesn't know Jesus turns around and comes to him. Today, your decision has made heaven rejoice, yeah. made us rejoice too. Yeah. You know, we want to help you and we want to help people uh, get to know Jesus. Um, and that's where our giving comes in. It really does. The giving of our time, the giving of our tithe, the giving of our testimony, uh, our talents. Um, those things are important as we continue to sow things in. The Bible says, if you sow, you shall reap. In the area in which you sow, the area is in the area in which you will reap. John 3.16 said, for God so loved the world, he gave. The kingdom of heaven, a citizen of heaven is a giver. The kingdom yeah. of the citizen of heaven is uh, generous. I know that uh, we would love to say a king, uh, a citizen of heaven is a, is a tither, and I, I do believe that tithing is essential in the kingdom of God. But I will, I want to say a king, a, a person of the, a citizen of heaven, God is generous because my God is generous. He didn't give the minimum. He gave every, He gave. He gave abundance for God. Jesus came so that we may have abundant life. And if you want to be a part of continuing to give, which which keeps this happening and reaches out and does all sorts of stuff all over our state and nation and our world, can you just, uh, there's a Linktree app there. You can go right to it. Give even now as we're doing this. It's an act of worship. Um, thanks for being a part of Giving Church. Yes. Your giving is continuing to change things. Your giving is helping us continue to do the building so that we can get back in there uh, in, 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 in a little bit and Man, and, and we're believing, we're not just getting back to a building that's new. We're believing we're coming into a church that's new. We're, 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 getting, we're believing that even now, Absolutely. that as you're sowing into it, that we're, that we're sowing seeds for your friends, family members, your kiddos, your, your cousins, man, your coworkers, that they're going to find a place not only to come to worship, but to find a place that will introduce them to Jesus. Um, so, man, thank you for giving. And it really, you want to talk about taking weight off your pastors. <laughs> Knowing that we have people that absolutely are shouldering this financial burden with us, is it, man, it takes it takes weight off. Yeah, yeah. Sharon, Sharon, our, our CFO, she has a great way of saying it. That when people give, it, she just sees hands, hands going coming. in. Yeah, you know, and yep. that's a, a, it's just a profoundly beautiful picture. It really so is, right? Thank you, Church, for being who you are and calling Connect home. And again, we want to say thank you for joining us. If this is one of the first times that you've been with us. Check We're out Linktree. Yeah, the Linktree link will tell you a little bit more about us in a lot of different ways. But we hope that you join us on Tuesday night. Chat Kyle room. Kyle something called Chat Room. It's at 7 p.m. on all the different platforms that we have. And um, he really dives into the Word and spends some good time with you. So we hope to see you then on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Well, church, we love you so much. Yes, God bless you do. guys. Have a great week. Yes. Let's keep believing. Let's keep being the light of the world that we are. Not as citizens of America. Come on, somebody. Amen. But as citizens, citizens of heaven. heaven. Love you so much, Bye, guys. Bye-bye. See Have you soon. Sunday. See you Tuesday.